0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And I am very excited because Simon Mannering is with us today today. He is a, I would call him a guru in the world of culture and branding, and he has just written a book, Lead With We, The Business Revolution That Will Save Our Future. Now, if that subtitle doesn't get you excited, we got to save the future. He's going to tell us how to do this in about 20 to 25 minutes. It's going to be amazing. But before we get into the interview, a couple of quick comments. If you've heard the podcast, you know what's coming. If you've got an amazing story or you've got a question that you'd like me to answer, you can find me on any of the social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. And use the hashtag AskShep. If you have a question, I'll answer the question right there. I may do it on this show. I might do it in my newsletter or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And you can find that on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Roku. And now you can go to beamazing.tv. We started to put all the episodes onto a nice website, beamazing.tv. All right, let's get into the interview. Simon Mannering, which by the way, is spelled like main wearing m a i n w a r i n g but it's mannering he is the founder and ceo of we first which ties into the title of his book lead with we so simon welcome to the show thank you ship hi to everyone yeah, and it's great. And you can tell Simon uh, lived in southern Missouri with that accent.
1: Is that now- what it is? Is that what it sounds <laughs> like, Shep? I don't know. I don't know. I've been away from home a long time. No, I'm from Sydney, Australia, which is why I sound funny. Yes.
0: Sydney. Boy, and I got to tell you, Australia in the last 18 months has been uh, quite interesting on in how they've handled this whole experience we have called a pandemic. But that's for another episode, another day. Sure. Um, and for all those folks over there, yeah, I love, and by the way, uh, Australia is one of the places I would go one or two times a year for clients. Oh, and no, I agree. I
1: mean, yeah. I've been living in the States here in Los Angeles for 20 years and I haven't been home during the pandemic. I'm going to go home for Christmas. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh, my God, I get to go to the beaches I grew up on and so on, because L.A. has been fantastic. But, you know, at some point you miss home, you know, so it's great to go back and touch your roots again, in a sense, and reconnect with family. So they've opened the borders up for... uh... They they have. It's all fully open now. And they, it was a curious place to your question before. It was very restrictive before, you know, you couldn't go out. There was a lot of fines and so on, but they managed things pretty well. Then, you know, things spiked and they got them under control again. And now everything's open. So, you know...
0: Well, that's great. And I know you're gonna have a great time. All right, let's jump into this book. I'm excited about it. And as you know, we focus on customer service and experience, but really, uh, you know, our, you know, amazing business radio, amazing. It's all about being amazing. I believe to be amazing for your customers. It starts internally with the culture. That's what I feel this book is completely about. It is a book about
1: culture. And am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. and. Basically, the opportunity is this. There's new expectations, not just from your customers or consumers, but also from your employees. And how you treat your employees, how they can relate and identify and invest themselves in your purpose and the role you're playing in the world will determine your ability to attract the talent you need, to get the most out of them during difficult times like COVID and we migrate to hybrid work and all that sort of thing. And also, those employees, depending on how they feel at your company, will then be the most effective advocates for your brand, your products, and how you're showing up in the world. So it all starts and ends with the culture you build inside your company, and it can either work for you or it can work against you.
0: Right. If, if you do nothing else but stop right here listening to this show, uh, I think you've got your money's worth. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to summarize what I heard. And that is basically what's happening inside of the organization is felt on the outside by everyone else, the customer, people who know you, the perception of your brand. And uh, so that's powerful, powerful. All right. The book, uh, the business revolution that will save our future. That's your subtitle lead with me, which by the way, it's out, get the book. You'll be happy. You did, uh, Tell me, how do you create a revolution? I mean, this is lofty, a a goal, if you will, uh, that will save our future. Well, Uh, Riddle me that one, Batman.
1: (laughs) I, I know. It's a big ambition. But firstly, I'd say that we need big ambitions right now because the things that we're solving for in terms of the climate crisis and plastics in the ocean and so on and so on, these are big issues. So we can't inch our way forward. We can't incrementally hope to solve for these compounding problems. And so, you know, just so by way of background, we've been working with very, you know, household name companies and some of the largest organizations in the world through my company, WeFirst, for the last 10 years, helping them define, integrate, and activate their purpose. So everything I say in the book is founded on day in, day out, 10 years of being in the C-suite and, you know, all the expectation that you've got to get it done. So that's one thing. The second thing I'd say is this, what we've been doing up till now won't get us where we need to go. What do I mean? I wrote a book 10 years ago called We First, which was about the shift from a me first focus to a we first focus in business. And I was thinking through social media and so on, we could do more good on top of business as usual and we will get there. Unfortunately, social media in many ways has squandered that opportunity. It's been about the advertising dollar and so on. And meanwhile, those problems have got worse. And you saw from the IPCC climate report that it's code red for humanity. And you're also hearing from the the Lancet Planetary Health Report that 56% of young people think humanity is doomed. These are your employees. These are your customers. So what I would say is that we need to step up our response. So how do we save our future? I think it turns on a fundamental shift from looking at our company, our employees, our culture alone, to really leading with as many stakeholders as possible to benefit the greatest number of people and the planet. And this is about an expansive view of how we're showing up in terms of our purpose and role. Culture is pivotal within that, but it goes from leadership through culture out to your community of customers and out into society at large. And it may sound simple, you know, lead with we, but when you think about it, what does that mean for a CEO? What does that mean for your company culture if you actually choose to lead with as many stakeholders as possible to have the greatest possible impact? What does it mean for a product and R&D and innovation? What does it mean for marketing? What does it mean for community engagement? Because consciously or not, the presumption about business has really been it's been self-directed or serving your shareholders or just looking after your bottom line. But here's the good news, Shep. The market forces are here now. If you want to drive business growth, build a resilient culture, get customers to advocate for your brand. They want to know whether you're part of the problem or part of the solution for all of these issues we hear about. And so the more you lean into your purpose, the more you share that with your employees, the more you give them opportunities to co-create that and bring it to life by leading with we through a collaborative process, the more engaged they'll be, the more productive they'll be, you'll retain them longer and they will be more effective advocates for your brand. So it's a fundamental mind shift that has huge consequences in terms of the decisions and actions you take.
0: Right. And huge results if done correctly. So this is, uh, this is a little bit more uh, beyond cause marketing. I mean, I wrote a book a number of years ago titled The Amazement Revolution. And one of the chapters had to do with the concept of community and how some companies have just focused on uh it's more than just it's more than me it's we it's more than just wow. us and the company it's much yeah. greater than that and i looked and i actually saw case studies in there included um lush cosmetics who said we will never animal test and yeah. to some people that was really really important and then wow. you look at companies like you know richard branson's virgin unite Uh, or United, which is it Unite or United? United, Unite, yeah. Unite. And, uh, you know, everybody knows Virgin Airlines. What you don't realize is Virgin Airlines is one of many companies. And then Richard Branson created a charitable or, you know, what I call philanthropic arm of what he did. And people love the brand because of that one little piece. And that helps. Uh, so I guess when, uh, the, the lead with me movement is that companies are starting to recognize that, um, you know, we're bigger than ourselves. Is that really what it's about?
1: I mean, that is in its essence, what's going on. There's two ideas. One is we have an impact on the environment. They call it natural capital. Like what are you, what's the cost to the environment of making your t-shirt, your food product, your whatever it might sneak, you know, sneaker, whatever it might be, your software. That's got to be factored in. Also, you've got to factor in your impact on the community in terms of, are you polluting? Are you putting chemicals in the soil? Are you releasing carbon into the air? And just think about this for a second. I mean, it's gone from an aspirational positive thing to what I'm seeing right now is becoming a punitive shift in the, di- in the dialogue out there. What do I mean? Just in the last few days, For example, 1,400 employees at McKinsey wrote an open letter to their leadership protesting the clients that they're supporting. Their own employees because of how those clients are enabling the climate crisis. Or you see articles like in The Guardian where you see the Dirty Dozen where they actually called out different CEOs for their role in creating these problems and all the cascading effects due to climate. What you're going to see is the marketplace, your employees, your investors, your customers are going to become increasingly intolerant with either the bad work that you're doing, the the negative impact, or the lack of communication you have around it. And here's what I see happening if you're in the customer service culture business. Right now, these issues aren't sitting there statically in a vacuum in the future waiting for us to arrive. They're compounding, ballooning. You know, they're already, the die has been cast in terms of Biodiversity, plastic in the oceans, the climate crisis, and they're hurtling back towards us in the present. And what's coming is this hockey stick of expectation from your employees, from your investors and customers to say, my life is being compromised. My future is being lost. Are you going to help solve that or are you not? And increasingly, we're seeing people want to buy from, invest in and work for companies doing good. And so what the book does is, on the strength of all of our work with these large and complex organizations with global footprints and org structures and so on, it's a step-by-step plan where we lay out that new narrative around leading with we, but then drop down to leadership, culture, marketing, innovation, you know, community impact, cross-sector collaboration, pre-competitive collaboration, and pull it all the way through. Why? Your company cannot survive in a society that fails. And you have to play a more meaningful role in shoring up the integrity of the whole, the natural world, the social systems, so your business can thrive within it. And as these issues get more serious, the expectation on you, the scrutiny on you is only going to increase. So that's why I wrote Lead With We.
0: Wow, very powerful. And we're going to take a break, but I want to summarize something that's happening here. Customer experience, calling it customer service is part of that, is more than people enjoying your product and feeling like there's value because of the way they're taking care of it. It's also about how they feel toward your company and what you're doing. It's a major part of the experience. That's how I'm pulling out you know, lead with we and how it applies to my world and our customer experience world. We're going to come right back after a short break. And when we do, I'm going to set you up I want to talk about the concept of conscious capitalism, which I think has been a buzzword that's been bantered around that ties in, I think, well with the lead with we concept. Don't go away. We are coming right back. But before we leave, remember, the book is titled Lead with We, and the author is Simon Mannering, but it looks like main wearing. So go to Amazon, spell it the right way. Get the book. We'll be right back. I blame my parents. I blame my parents. <laughs> and hey, your parents, at least, they may have named, given you a name that's hard to spell. They gave me a name that got me picked on my entire life. I, I yeah. know. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. We're coming right back. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers, to come back again and again. Now this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now both are great, but there's a big difference. you also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll be back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Simon Mannering about his new book, Lead With We. And I threw out this idea of a concept that has been bantered around for a while about conscious capitalism. And when you look at companies like Whole Foods, uh, you look at the folks that started Home Depot. They're very involved in giving back to the community. And that's why they felt that, yeah, we need to make money, but we need to do something more than just make money. We need to be conscious about the world. I think it's, the term is conscious capitalism. It, it uh, is. It yeah. is. Great. What is, uh, is there a difference between what they've been talking about and what you're talking about here with We First? Yeah, it's
1: a great question. Conscious capitalism is one of many different sort of narratives around the reengineering, the reimagining of capitalism. There's compassionate capitalism. There's inclusive capitalism that Elizabeth Warren talks about. And then there are different sort of organizations out there like B Corp or the sustainable development goals that people aspire to, or ESG, environmental social governance metrics. These are all different sort of data points in and around this broader dialogue of business shifting to do more good and less bad. Here's where I draw a distinction. There's been, they all reflect this larger shift from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism, where in the past, as long as you're, you know, your shareholders are making money, all is good. What people are saying now is, no, everyone's got to benefit from the effort of your company, you know, the community, society, the natural world. Here's my problem with that. We talk so much about sharing the rewards of capitalism, but we don't talk enough about sharing the responsibilities of capitalism. So what I mean by that is, we all got into this mess together by what you did, Shep, by what your listeners did, by what I did. The little actions and purchases and companies we enable have led to this as an aggregate to the mess we're in. And unless we all do it together, unless we all realize we've got to show up differently, we're not going to get out of this mess in time. Just think of The fact that when I walk out the door, I wear a mask. I'm standing at home and I'm working from home right now because of COVID. We're all showing up differently in a moment of crisis. In a similar way, climate, biodiversity. These are all crises that are part of our life now. One further distinction I want to draw to the conscious capitalism and others that you mentioned. A lot of those different narratives turn on the idea of the virtuous cycle. You do well by doing good. You mentioned Virgin, you mentioned others. My problem is we're not moving far enough, fast enough, to meet these challenges we face with equal force. Those timelines are contracting towards us. So what do we do? We've got to expand our appetite, our aperture for impact. So what do we do? I talk about in the book, not the virtuous cycle, but the virtuous spiral, which is taking the purpose of your organization and pulling it through on a personal level, on a leadership level, culture, community, and then society. And you might say, wow, is that okay for business to wade into these larger cultural issues? Just look at the last few years, voting rights in Georgia, you know, abortion in Texas, for example, Um, same-sex marriage, women's empowerment, gun control. Business is now on the hook. And it's not just from consumers, it's from your employees. They wanna know what you stand for. And if you don't stand for something or you're not behaving well, you get called out by your employees or your customers just look at amazon facebook and google all got huge pushback from their employees over over women's uh, empowerment pay scale climate action even last week mckinsey came out 1400 employees in mckinsey came and wrote an open letter to leadership saying we are not happy with the clients that we're serving because they're enabling the climate crisis So your employees, your culture is at risk if you don't do this. And one more point on it, which would be your relationship with customers. You mentioned something really powerful before the break, which is, you know, it's about what you care about. Your reputation is equally important as the products you're selling. Increasingly, your customers will want to make sure that you de-risk what they're doing. They want to make sure that you share the same values so that their customer or their employees don't say, wait a second. I've got a problem with this. Why are they working with you? Because you either are doing bad things or you're not talking about the good things you're doing, or you're not doing enough good things. So this is about establishing the relational capital with your customers. So they buy your product, talk about you to others and build your business with you. And that dynamic is only going to get more important as all these issues we've talked about get more severe in our lives.
0: Wow I mean there is there's so much there. Um, I don't even know where to begin where the I'm, you, there's no end game here. it's it's a constant game. Yeah. Uh, I believe that the problems have accelerated as you say, spiraled to a point where it's spiraling faster than we're able to fix them. We're gonna slow them down hopefully, and ideally as we slow down, we'll gain some momentum on our side to help fix some of these problems. So I know we don't have a ton of time and I could speak or actually I could let you speak for about an hour and a half on this because you're amazing. And so, uh, you know, I guess you, you obviously you're passionate, but I think you, you understand it so well and you just articulate it so well. Here's what we've got. We've got somebody listening today. They're driving to work or maybe they're driving to a workout and they're listening to you right now and they're thinking, oh, my boss needs to hear this. How can we get somebody on the inside of an organization that's not in a leadership role to start buying into this? Uh, My first thought was tell them to go to Amazon, buy the book, put a personal note in it and hand it to their leader. But there's gotta be more to it than that.
1: No, it's true. I mean, the whole point of the book was after 10 years of work with these large complex companies, we put everything, all our learnings that we first into this book. So you've got a step-by-step roadmap to follow. That will drive your business growth, your customer relationships, a resilient culture, and you don't need to think about anything in as much as it's all there for you. That's the whole point of giving you this blueprint. If you really want to compound your impact beyond yourself, if you really want to make a difference, get it into the hands of someone of influence in power. It might be the CEO. It might be the CMO. It might be the corporate sustainability officer, the chief sustainability officer, any, or the founder, you know, or even a solopreneur you know because everything's laid out there the examples the research the case studies and the structure for you and i want to share something every one of us is worried for different reasons about the future we're worried for our kids we're worried for ourselves but also on a personal level we want to feel good about what we do on a daily basis we want to show up in the world that makes us feel like our time has meaning that it has significance and we're not making things worse and so a book like this puts a powerful tool in your hand to know what to do and just follow it step by step, but also to pass it on to others. And the more you do this and the greater effect that you have, the better you'll feel about your own fulfillment. Um, And you'll be able to talk to your customers, even and fellow employees in a different way. You'll be able to show up and say, listen, what really matters to you? And, And what's the priority in your business right now? And invariably you'll hear them talk about the issues, staffing issues, um you know reputational issues and so on and you'll be able to talk to them about this stuff so you know if i was to really oversimplify take this mindset of leading with we as a simple filter you put on every decision grab the book make sure you get it but get it in the hands of someone who has influence inside an organization as well and if we do this together we're going to be able to accelerate and scale the solutions and we need this now because the timelines are short but we can do it. This is a rebirth of business that's going on right now. And if you get ahead of this inside your company, the market forces will reward you and you'll be pushed forward.
0: Right, and I think if you get inside or ahead of it inside your industry, uh, it, it will even exponentially uh, do what you just mentioned, and move your yourself forward, move Absolutely. your company forward. Uh, let's do the final question and you know it's coming. One nugget from the book, let's kind of summarize your favorite nugget from the book that you want to share with us. It might be something you've already mentioned, you can just emphasize it, but what would that be?
1: I mean, obviously, I think really embracing this idea to consciously choose to lead with as many people as possible to have the greatest impact, lead with we, just use that as a tool. But here's something I want to kind of encourage people with. This is not about learning something new. This is about remembering what we forgot, mm. which is that we are all connected to each other as a human family. It's chemically hardwired in our brains. We can't deny it. And the divisiveness that we see around the world and around the country right now is actually not our true nature. We're also fundamentally connected to the natural world, whether it's the beach, whether it's the oceans, whether it's the mountains. We all love the natural world for different reasons. And we've just got to return to that sensibility where we think, hey, we've got to serve our communities. We've got to serve our culture, our community of employees. We've got to be of service to the natural world on which you know our business depends. And if we do that, we're going to be increasingly rewarded for it now. So just trust that this is not a big shift, you know, doing something new, but rather stripping away these behaviors and mindsets that weren't helping us and leaning into who we are by our very nature. And increasingly, if you just lead with we in all your decisions, you will start to drive growth on the strength of how you're showing up in the world, both with your employees, and with your customers. And if you want to know more, check out leadwithwe.com. There's a lot more information about the book and you know testimonials by folks that you'll recognize to see the value in this idea.
0: Wow. Uh, I'm blown away. Let me just say it. Buy the book, Lead With We by Simon Mannering. <laughs> I don't need to say main wearing. That's what it looks like, but it's mannering. And I'm just going to say, read it, study it, execute on it, and the world is going to be a better place. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Shep, and thanks to everyone listening.
0: All right, everyone, that wraps up another amazing interview, and this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Truly amazing today. Thank you so much, Simon. We will be back next week with another interview, and I promise you, it will be great. So until then, this is Shep Hyken, reminding you to always be amazing.